Hello, and welcome to the VergeCast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com, uh, a multi, multi-channel media experience. Here's what I'm going to tell you. My name is Neil Patel. That is all I'm going to tell you for this week, because I'm actually remote. So I'm looking at a Skype feed of Dan Seifert. I, I, I waved, but I forgot this and is an audio program. Dan waved at me <laughs> for the, the radio listeners. Uh, Paul Miller is here. Hello. And Ashley Carmen is here. Yo. So they're all in New York in our fancy studio, and I am sitting in a closet on vacation, which is great. I'm really excited to be in this closet. Are you on on an island? I'm not on an island. Because when it says Neelai vacation, I just assume island. I think, for Paul, for like a long part of our history together, when I've been on vacation, it's been very coastal, very very beach-oriented. But this time, no, I'm just just in the mountains. It's good. I'm in a – it's great. I like it. Is there a lake? Uh, There's not a lake, but we have a creek. Creek is very nice. Okay, that's pretty close. Is but it creek I'm, or crick? I'm a creek person. I don't know mm. about you guys. I'm more of a but, creek so person. So here's what here's this here's the situation. I have barely paid attention to tech news. I know that Dan is here because the Galaxy S8 reviews came out this week. There was a bunch of Facebook news, which I chose to completely ignore. And I would stress this to the listener: if you can find a way to ignore Facebook for a week, uh, you will be happier. And, and, and your life would be much more pleasant. But I want you guys to tell me about Facebook. And then the only piece of tech news that has truly broken through to me on vacation uh, is there's a juice machine that isn't very good at juice, <laughs> right? There's Juicero. It's like an $800 juice machine. Is that the, is that the case? Juicero. Uh, Jake Kastronakis has been on the Juicero beat for a year, I believe, <laughs> which is deeply depressing. Can someone just walk me through what's going on, Chucero? Ashley, are you are you up to speed on the situation? Yeah, it, I pretty much think it, there's the machine, and it ships with these proprietary pouches that have juice in them. And Bloomberg discovered that you could cut open the pouches well, and hang, squeeze hang the juice out. You don't even need to cut them open. You just squeeze them. <laughs> so apparently you, you buy this $700 machine, which has been reduced to $400, so it's a bargain. Go scoop it up. Yeah. Uh, and it will squeeze these bags that you pay like 7 to $10 for to get a cup of juice. And all the machine does is squeeze them. So Bloomberg, no, but the machine, it has like a QR code scanner. It's yeah, got yeah, Wi-Fi. It's There's got all app. that other stuff. It just squeezes bags. Let's, let's, yeah. let's be real about what this machine does. Uh, Does it order the bags for you? I'm trying. Mm, no, I'm rem- trying to be a Juicero you, stand here. It remind. It tells you when the juice is expired. Yeah, but you know what else tells you when the juice and is expired? You... The date that's printed on the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Bloomberg discovered that you can just squeeze the bag with like human hands and human grip, and uh, they can actually squeeze out a cup of juice faster than the machine can press one out. <laughs> with their bare hands. So that's the big controversy. And Juicero, yeah. just before we came on today, Juicero published a Medium post, of course, because how else does a startup communicate with the world but through a Medium post, uh, defending its machine. We got to start getting the startups. But also the they are offering refunds. Oh, they are? Yeah. To the three people that have bought Ju- Juiceros? If you, yeah, if within the next 30 days, no matter when you bought a Juicero, you can get a refund. That's I have to say, it's, nice. it, it's just shocking to me. Like, I've tried not to pay attention to too much tech news, but the Juicero story, it was unavoidable. It, w- it was literally everywhere. Even though, like, Facebook had a big event, there was, like, I had to go, you know, I 
was excited about S8 Review Day, and I went and read all those and watched all those videos. But the Juicera story, just through every channel available to me, was communicated I th- that I think the smart that, juicer was a scam. I think that shows the power of Juicero. Like it, <laughs> it really tra- – there, there, there is something in the back of our minds that tells us all the time that we should probably eat more fruits and vegetables. But we fight it. We fight that urge or impulse. I don't have that voice. Or conscience. <laughs> And Juicero's like, hey, my, my we the can back help. of my mind's like, why aren't you eating a donut? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there like a smart cookie machine? Yes, yeah. yes, there is. No, there's there's tons of machine. There's like there's a a, a machine uh, I wrote about this week that there's like Pico Brew that does like craft beer. Now they're adding a Pico Still, so you can make moonshine if you have the proper <laughs> proper license. Is it, is it moonshine if it's illegal? But. <laughs> I think so. I think it's still I think considered it's still, I think that's the, t- the this best. This is the worst idea for a Dukes of Hazard reboot of all time. <laughs> so all that the stuff Duke exists. The Duke boys, they're smart still. But it doesn't It doesn't touch on our conscience. It's just like, well, that would be fun as a fun experiment because I'm having a midlife crisis. But but Juicero transcends that. And I think that's why everybody cares. Right. I think it's it also it. is just kind of like the peak or nadir of the absurdity of Silicon Valley. In yeah, the, I do want to say my cousin <laughs> loves the Juicero. I just want to really? put that out there. Her company has two machines, and she seriously texted me because she didn't know I knew about it mm-hmm. and was like, the Juicero is amazing. Does she love it to the point where she spends her own money on it? No. That's the thing. She gets it for okay. free. Okay. But she uses it multiple times a day. She just absolutely is in like, love with it. So I need, I mean, I, I need to text I could, her about I, this news. If I could use it for free multiple times a day, I still would not drink the juice that it produces. I, I but would that's just because you're not like you need to get healthier, man. Yeah, yeah that's no, nice. I just, I'm just not. We not gotta into quantify juice. your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta wrap you up in fitness bands and and, and reminder apps. And <laughs> it's gonna be great. And you the act like band. that's not my life already, Neil. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, so that's Juicero. Uh, I, I'm just shocked that it's the tech news that that shattered to the mainstream this week. But the, the there's two other big things in news, and I think we're probably going to spend the whole show on, on these two things. And the first one, Dan, you reviewed the S8 this week. I did. I have reviewed you, two of them, You actually. liked it. I do you're like, like it. You're into it. Yes. Tell, tell me all about it. Uh, so I reviewed the S8 and the bigger version, the S8 Plus, which has a bigger screen. Uh, and they're really great devices. They're made really well. The screens are killer. The design is really cool. They're kind of like one of those head-turning things that everyone sees it, and they're like, wow, this is really cool. Um, they perform really well. Cameras are great. Battery life's good. Performance is good. Software is actually not terrible, which is kind of a rare thing to say for Samsung. So, you know, if you're a company that's coming back from probably the biggest public relations crisis of the past couple of years in technology, and you need a product to take you there, to bring you back, I think the S8's a really good product to do it with. So, you think what? So I want to I want to get on the software because there's the whole explosion Note Seven. You started your review video yeah. by being like, "I don't know if this phone will explode." I know that's the thing. Like we we didn't know if the Note Seven was going to explode. Like I when I reviewed the Note Seven last year, I gave it a really high score and said it was an amazing phone and you should go buy it. And then they started exploding. So like I, I I you can't predict that. What I can say is that Samsung's put a lot of time, money, and effort into making sure this won't happen again. And we've said it here in the past that like we are pretty sure that Samsung knows the stakes this time around that if it were it like like you said Neelight it can't explode like it just can't because Samsung cannot allow that to happen again right so 
there's that part. I, I think it's just worth setting that aside. We we've done the conversation about the exploding yeah. phones so many times now. Yes, we have. Uh, I want to talk about the software on this phone because we the design is beautiful. You know, you got, obviously got to play with it in hands on. We've talked about it. Um, the fingerprint sensor seems a little ridiculous to me, but go deeper on the software for me. Like, what have they done that makes it good? Well, it's it's more or less more likely what haven't they done to make it bad than what they <laughs> did to make it good. Because like Samsung history is with software is to pile on a lot of stuff on top of what Google provides with Android and make it either difficult to find these things, difficult to use, or just kind of plain annoying. And then Samsung's never really had a great eye for design in software, so it was always kind of ugly. Uh, This time around, they actually do have decent software designers, so the design of the software is much more pleasant to the eye. The the menus are nicer looking, the icons are nicer looking, the the home screen launcher that comes out of the box is really clean and simple. Uh, So that's kind of been addressed. And then... A lot of the old things that Samsung was known for, they've kind of put aside or put them deep into the settings menu where if you want to go turn those features on, you can do it, but you can also live your entire life without ever having to disable something annoying or deal with it if you if you don't care. And I think that's the big change here. And, and they've been working towards this for a couple of years now, but really it feels different with the S8. Like it feels like you can start, like set this phone up with your accounts when you first get it or whatever, and then just use it and not have to spend an hour and a half figuring out how to turn off these bloops and blips and like weird eye tracking stuff and like other dumb features that never really work that great. Samsung uh, has like a fitness app, right? Samsung does have a whole. So, it's a fitness platform called Samsung Health. So in that case, <laughs> get so, it right, Paul. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so in that case, Samsung's fitness platform is just not in your face, and so you could just go. Are those the, apps pre-installed? The app is there, okay. but if you never open it, it like you never you don't have to deal with it. That's great. Um, the thing, the other thing is that like for years. Samsung's been criticized for duplicating Google's apps. So there's, you know, two email apps and two gallery apps and two browsers and all this other stuff. And that's still here. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's less of a problem now than it was in the past because Samsung's apps in some cases are actually pretty good and they're better than Google's uh, versions. I actually like using Samsung's browser app better than Google Chrome. Internet? It's called Internet. And it has a bad icon <laughs> and a dumb name. I want to use a browser but it called has a- TCP IP. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's just raw text like the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it only supports ASCII art. <laughs> just all a bunch of packets and headers. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, to my point, you know, it, the, the Samsung Internet's a really great browser. It, it actually mimics a lot of the things or emulates a lot of the things that Apple does with Safari on the iPhone that makes web browsing on the iPhone really nice. So you know, Samsung does a better job there. Uh, in other cases, I prefer Google Photos over Samsung's Gallery app. Vlad would argue the opposite. So like there. Are where there's progress that Samsung's made here. The issue is that it still puts both on the phone and doesn't give you a choice which one you want, unless you like go through the hassle of disabling them, which is still kind of a weird, wonky process. You, you said you ha- you're using a different launcher. Yeah, my day to day launcher on my Android phones. Uh, I I prefer EV Launcher, which. Um, I don't know if we've ever actually covered, but someday we should, uh, which makes it really easy to like search for things and launch uh, things. But I'm also a power user that's like switching between a dozen different phones every week. I think the average person can use the launcher that comes out of the box and not have any issues with it. It's really fast. It's really clean. It's really simple. Yeah. Every time I pick up a new Samsung phone, I, I find myself thinking, well, here's what 
I would do, or you know, probably most of our listeners would do, or most of our staff would do, which is I'm going to start getting away from Samsung as much as possible. Right? The, it's a beautiful piece of hardware. I just want it to be kind of as stock as possible in terms of Android. There's a bunch of stuff I have to do to make that happen. And then I always think about most people don't do that, right? Most people just do use whatever Samsung defaults for them. And sometimes that's better, and sometimes it's worse. But on this phone, it seems like they've toned down that disconnect, and the stuff that they are kind of defaulting you into is pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much my take on it as well. Yeah, that is a huge step forward for them. It is. It's a hu- there's, there's a lot of step forwards in this with the S8 in general that, like, are addressing things that we've complained about on Samsung phones for a long time. And they, they're seeing in, in, in individually, they're like small steps. Like we just reported today that none of the carrier versions in the U S whether you buy it from Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile or Sprint, none of them have carrier logos on the phone, which is like a silly little thing. But Samsung phones have always had like the carriers slapping their brand all over it in garish ways. You think of like the Galaxy Note 2 from a few years ago where Verizon literally put its logo on the home button of the phone (laughs) in such an obnoxious way. And now we're at the point where there's no Verizon logo on the phone whatsoever, which is like a big step. It's like a small thing, but then you add it in with the software's better and the design is better and like the support is better and all these other things add up to like actually fixing a lot of these Samsung problems. Now, like Verizon still runs amok and like <laughs> like steamrolls its apps onto the phone. So maybe that's like the next step. Maybe next year uh, Samsung will get to the point where it's like, no, Verizon, you can't put Go ninety on this. Um, but uh, you know, we're we're it's it, the company's getting there, like step by step, very slowly. But overall, it's adding up to a better experience for everyone. I just want to point out that there's no escaping Go ninety. <laughs> I want right? to like Samsung traded that you're not putting a logo on the S eight because the next version of the Note is just going to be called the Go ninety. <laughs> it's like a dedicated button on the side. <laughs> Every time you pull the stylus out, Go ninety launches. <laughs> you have to close it again. If Verizon had Go ninety back when the Note two launched, I would. Not skip a beat if that actually <laughs> happened when you pulled the stylus out. I I, uh, I have no idea how this information reached me because I, I, I don't think I've ever even visited Go90. <laughs> you have no reason to. I don't why, even why know. Would you? Is it a website or is it just? I, I don't think you can. I have no idea. It's an app it's on just Verizon an app. phones. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, you're the closest thing we have to a, a true millennial. How much Go90 watching um, do you do? Excuse me, I've been on Go90. Oh, whoa. <laughs> but she got a Go90 has a Go90 Fringe deal. on it now. You can watch all, every se- season of Fringe, it, one of my favorite It also has shows. Ashley Carmen. I've literally been on Go90 with Snooki and oh, Jay right. Wow. And I'm going back on it. Are you really? I swear. Oh, yep. that's incredible. Uh, you can, one of my you can very, use it for free. Like, one of my I very favorite Ashley memories is when she got the email from Snooki and Jay Wow, and she was like, should I do this? <laughs> and there was just like a moment of silence in our office. We all like thought about it. We're like, yes. Yes, you should. The risk is low because no one will see it. Yeah, yeah. I really, yeah, no one saw that. Dude, I'm, do- um, I'm downloading Go90 right now. Wow, you're going to go my so much iPhone. Uh, so Zero, zero rated Go90. Speaking of buttons that no one uses. As Dieter likes to always uh, make fun of me for saying buttons. Buttons. But. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, the slight Britishism in every video. <laughs> um, but there's a button on the side of the phone that launches Bixby. Correct. It can't be remapped. Correct. What on earth is going on with Bixby? 
Not a whole lot. Bixby out of the box in its current state pretty much does two things. It has a home screen panel that is very similar to the Google Now panel on Google's Pixel and Google Now launchers that shows you cards of information like your upcoming calendar and weather and news snippets. Uh, and then in the camera, you can use what's called Bixby Vision, which will scan a product or object and then perform a search for you either on Pinterest to find similar images or Amazon to let you buy more of that product or it can like translate text and stuff like that. It's pretty much what Google Goggles did five years ago. Um, I never remember Google Goggles. I think about Google yeah. Goggles every day. Yeah. or And it's like what Google Translate <laughs> does. Like – you know, it, you read the words and then it'll translate them from one language to another. But the big promise of Bixby is that it's supposed to be this voice assistant that, that like, is your buddy on the phone. And it doesn't do anything of that yet. The, the voice thing hasn't launched. So when you push the Bixby button, which you have to push twice, it will launch the home screen panel. Wait, what? Yeah, if you push it once, it does nothing. If you, like, double-click it, it'll launch the home screen panel, which I think is actually kind of a blessing in disguise because you accidentally push it all the time. Uh, and if you're doing something, you accidentally push a button, you don't want it to launch Bixby, which would be really annoying. So I think that's actually kind of a clever workaround. It's ha- a clever workaround to like a problem of their own oh, creation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. We made a button that you accidentally push all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, on, that's a bad it's on the left side of the phone. It's almost exactly parallel to the to the uh, power button on the right side of the phone. So, like, it, it sits... I'm left-handed, so it sits right under my left thumb. Uh, if you push both of those buttons at the same time, the phone should do something amazing. <laughs> like, that. that's, like, the... It, like, it turns on all the lights and starts screaming. That'd like, be cool. it's... You know, or, like... So long as it doesn't explode when you... Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you, push, you push both buttons in for 30 seconds and the phone explodes. Well, the only <laughs> people that use Bixby for the foreseeable future, just people that don't know Google Existent... Assistant well, exists. Google Assistant comes with the phone, right? Well, so Google Assistant is on the phone, and it is it works the exact same way that works on the Google Pixel or any other Android phone. You long press the home button, and uh, it will launch Google Assistant. The thing is that like the usage rates of any virtual assistant are pretty low. Like not a whole lot of people are using Google Assistant on a Pixel. Maybe Pixel owners are because they tend to skew more enthusiasts. But like on a Galaxy S7, which also has Google Assistant, not a whole lot of people are using that. Uh, not a whole lot of people even use Siri if you look at the repeat usage rates of that. So Samsung was clever in putting a dedicated button that only launches Bixby. It totally fell on its face when it forgot to launch Bixby with the phone. <laughs> so uh, it is largely they, a useless button. Do they tell you a reason? Not like other than like it wasn't ready for launch. I imagine that there are probably a thousand engineers at Samsung that were crushed when they were like, we're not going to have this ready for launch. Yeah. Like, also, there's like there's there's definitely a graphic designer with like the dog with shoes logo who's like no one will ever see this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really bad for that dog. Yeah, I mean, it, in my mind, it's a complete character that exists and has adventures. So. I mean, they could do like a clippy thing with the dog on the on the screen. Oh god! Well, it's just, it, isn't the question? You know, when you have a, a big new phone, you're supposed to have one big new feature that helps you market it, right? And a Bixby was seemingly supposed to be that feature, right? They did the whole press round before the phone launched just about Bixby, and then they had the phone launch. Yeah, I I think Samsung was actually trying to manage expectations for Bixby. They knew 
from the get-go that Bixby on the S8 is pretty limited. Even when the voice assistant launch features do come, which are supposed to come, they're saying, this spring, they're going to be limited to like eight Samsung apps. It's, and it's not going to do a whole lot. So I think what Samsung was trying to do was manage expectations and be like more forward-looking for the future of what Bixby can be. Because it's never going to, like at launch, it was never going to be great. Then they kind of like fumbled launching it as well. So like... There's no nothing to like market around there. They really the thing that they can market around with this phone is the screen. That's the unique feature and and really what sells this phone. Um, but you're right. Like there's no like big new. It does X that you know the prior phone didn't do type of thing to market with this. Yeah. Okay. So we gotta. We, I gotta ask you this: the S8 versus the Pixel. Oh, S8 all the way. Why is that? I. You know what's funny? I. Uh, I was doing my review and I had been using both phones for about a week or so. And I turned on my pixel cause I read that there was some sort of software update to check on it. And I turn the thing on and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, man, this phone just looks stupid. Like it just really? looked like so like I have a regular pixel. So like the screen looked all small and dumb and traditional looking. And the design is so boring. And like, there's nothing to get excited about when you look at a pixel, at least for me as like, a hardware gadget nerd. Like I look at the S8 and I'm like, whoa, that looks like the future of phones. The Pixel looks like yesterday's phone. And the it same looks thing like an with iPhone. the iPhone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like the, the the thing that was different to me was like, you know when the iPhone 6 launched and you got used to that 4.7 inch screen and then somebody had like, you know, one of your relatives has an iPhone 4 and you pick it up and you're like, this feels like I'm using a postage stamp. Like that's what it felt like when I picked up the Pixel after using the S8s for a week. And so, like, uh, the, 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 so it's just a screen. That's, so you're saying hardware-wise, yeah, it but just like, wins. It, it it's a screen. But like, when you think about your smartphone, your smartphone is the screen. Like, that's the thing about your smartphone. That's all you interact with. It's all you look at all day. And like, that drives your experience. And uh, you know, the the S8 provides a different experience because of its its screen. But with Samsung software. With Samsung software, which, like I said, I ain't mad at. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna dive in. Okay, so then here's the harder one. This is the one that gets you phone calls and tweets and emails and people coming to your house. If you could just say your address out loud before I ask you this question, <laughs> that'd be great. S8 versus the iPhone right now. Oh, right now, I yeah. think the S8 is way more interesting of a device. Why is and that? It's just it, it again. It's the same comparison to the Pixel. Like you look at the iPhone Seven, which is might as well be looking at the iPhone 6s or the iPhone Six. You know, those look like yesterday's idea of what a smartphone could be and look like. And the S8, warts and all, because it's not perfect, uh, looks like what tomorrow's vision could be. And like you can easily see this is where the industry is going towards. And and it's it's just a way more exciting device on that level. It also performs really well. So like if you do go for the S8 instead of the iPhone, what are you really giving up? you got to switch to Android. Uh, so there's the inherent Android things that are different than iOS, but you still get a great camera, you get great performance, you get reliable battery life, and you get a great screen. So, like, for most people, that covers all their needs, right? Have we talked about the camera? What's, what, where's that at? I mean, it's great, right? But yeah, I mean, it's it's a top-tier camera. How would it compare to, like, the Pixel or the, the 7? For me, I don't see too much of a difference between this and the Pixel. You know, certain people might find different things, nuances here and there that they prefer one over the other. The reality is that, like, at the end of the day, both of them are very good cameras that are very easy to use. I, I really like the way that the Samsung takes pictures. You know, one of the things that really struck me was the way it handled difficult exposures of portraits with a backlight behind them, which is a very hard thing to, to take a picture of. Usually your subject becomes very dark and kind of muted. 
the Samsung knew that I was taking a picture of a, a human uh, and, and exposed for that instead of the background. And so the, the image came out a lot better. And side by side with an iPhone 7, the 7 did not manage the exposure as well. And so it was a really dramatically different image. Um, and so that's like one of the difficulty things. Like there might be other areas, like maybe the Google Pixel is a little bit sharper in low light, extreme low light situations. But honestly, if you buy any one of these phones, you're going to get a great camera and be really happy with the pictures it takes. That's, that's what it comes down to. And Samsung's got filters. They've got lenses, oh, which I found hysterically fun. I, I'm such a cynic, and like nobody in the world would expect me to like these things, Dan even myself. giggled. And I love <laughs> these Snapchat knockoff filters because it lets me play with these fun things without having to use Snapchat. I think that's really what it came They're down really to. They're really good, too. I was saying, like, I use Snapchat a lot. I love the lenses on Snapchat, but Samsung's are... Awesome. You can use multiple people in them, like three people, which you cannot do with Snapchat. You can use the front and back camera. Mm-hmm. You can put you can the thing is that you can share them everywhere. So like you can take these photos and message them or put them on Instagram or tweet them or wherever it is. You're not confined to Snapchat's world. Yeah. It's it was cool. I thought they did a really great They're job. They're also with terrifying. It, <laughs> yeah, I like the one where you get to eat ramen. That yeah, the cool. ramen's good. I like the steak eating one. Are, wait, these are animated? Yeah, yeah, they're animated. And so you can so, like shoot video with them and they like do things and then like if you open your mouth you eat a fish right there's one where your face looks like a seal seal. that's what happened to me today (laughs) yeah ate a fish (laughs) and samsung has a a live photos knockoff that like they call motion photo so you can like capture the motion of the the lens uh how does this share out this is the big problem with live photos is they share out really when you share a motion photo you have a choice of sharing either a still or a video file oh so it's just a regular old video file yeah uh, and the, I'm assuming the filter stuff is just video files too right uh yeah I mean I guess because you can you, you, the filter like is live on the camera viewfinder when you're using it so you can hit the shutter button to take a still or you can record video of it like it just overlays whatever you're looking at yeah it, it's just to, all that stuff is really great and then I find the sharing of it it's this is super wonky, but the file format problems with sharing, the neat camera tricks actually inhibit the sharing of them. So I live photos are great, but they only work ten percent of the time because there's nowhere to share them to unless you like open Google's Motion Stills app or yeah. do some other work to it. There's a GIF GIF mode in the camera too that you can actually just create straight GIF. But GIFs. but if you're doing a video, you could just put this on Instagram. Right. Yeah. Like I can upload a video to Twitter of me goofing off with it. Uh, Apple Apple just came out with a a JavaScript API for <laughs> its uh, live photos, so you could put them on the web. I oh uh, the web. Remember that? <laughs> if only Dieter was here to talk about the web. <laughs> Remember that thing? It's an open it's, platform. Yeah, I love it the most. So actually, we should transition. I think filters is a good time to transition over to what Facebook is doing in F8, which means I need to read an ad real quick, and then we'll come back and talk about some Facebook, which means I just want to point out, you will talk about Facebook, and I will continue to pretend Facebook doesn't exist, which is going to be great, I think. This episode of The Vergecast uh, is brought to us by, surprise, it's Squarespace. Whatever your next big idea might be, count on Squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products or services, or a blog to share your ideas, imagine that, a blog. Squarespace can help you build that blog. It'll give you everything you need to help you look like an expert right from the start. This really sounds like the beginning of our blogging careers, Paul. 
Uh, you even get a unique domain name, which strengthens your brand. It makes it easier for visitors to find you. Plus, with Squarespace's award-winning templates, creating a beautiful website is simple and intuitive. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. And if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support that can help you with any problem, no matter how technical or trivial. Think of it as your very own IT department. So, Make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. If you enter the offer code VERGE, you get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, and you should just do it. Get on Squarespace. Enter offer code VERGE. That's V-E-R-G-E. Get 10% off your first purchase. You, too, can be a world-class blogger with Squarespace. I just made up that tagline for them. I don't know if they're going to like it. It's not like a standard Squarespace tagline. You know how I became an expert in all gadgets? Is that to start at Engadget? I like I got the job and I was like, well, shoot, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a spreadsheet of not not a real spreadsheet, just like a, a, a text text document. Well, there's a list. So not not a spreadsheet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like I don't like I don't like grids. I mean, it's, <laughs> grids just no. box you in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was a list of all the different categories I could think of, and then like the best one of each. Yeah. That was like my own homebrewed research to become an expert gadget blogger. When we interviewed Ross Miller uh, for his job at Engadget, he was coming to us from Joystick, um, and we were talking to him on the phone, and I I think Josh asked him what he knew about netbooks, because netbooks were really hot at the time, Mm -hmm. and Ross only much later admitted uh, that he rambled for 30 seconds while he furiously was Googling netbooks in the background. Nice. So was he visiting net, netbooknudes.com? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, let's talk about Facebook. What happened? So Fast and the Furious 8 is the first <laughs> film in the franchise with since Paul Walker's death. Yeah. And it's been... I mean, it's pretty hard for me to move on, so I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know anything about it. What I know is that it broke records. <laughs> it beat Star Wars in the box office. Yeah. F8. Look it up. Google Fate. it. <laughs> Fate of the Furious. Uh, I installed a fancy new LG OLED in our media room downstairs here, mm. and a fancy new Denon receiver, and it's got all the speakers, and it's got the Atmos, and the first movie we watched was uh, F- Furious 7. Nice. And that movie is really long. Mm-hmm. It's like two and a half hours long, two hours and 20 minutes or something. And it took us three hours to watch it because Becky has never seen a, a Fast and Furious movie before. So I we had to keep pausing it so I could be like, that person is dead. Uh-huh. Or they thought she was dead, but she's back to life. But that person's dead for real. Right. And like we literally – and by the end of it, she's like, this is just a soap opera. Did you tell her the appropriate order to watch the movies in? I mean it, it got deep. It was, I mean, it's, it's, it's very highly debated. But I will say we watched it in 4K HDR, and it was Ooh, incredible. I'm coming yeah. over. And I highly recommend everybody get a 4K HDR, too. Oh, there's a whole rant here about how hard it is to make it all work, but it, it's it's choice. So, so anyway, did you, Becky agree to watch this because the TV was not curved? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, how did you oh, – maybe I missed it. How did you get the 4K version of the film? Is it a 4K uh, Blu-ray? I had to buy it from Voodoo. Oh, nice. Voodoo. There you go. Yeah. Okay, uh, so F A is Samsung or <laughs> you know what? Facebook, Facebook F eight. It's their big developer conference, and they listed a lot of crazy things that they've been working on. 
I'm really excited about this this VR Hangout app. They showed it off. I don't know. It was almost maybe it was like oh, it showed off last year, a while ago. Yeah. So it's out now for the Oculus Rift, and I feel like maybe we talked about it then. But I just find it the the thing that is like really breakthrough to me. So this is like a Hangout. It's like a social VR experience. There's a lot of those out there already. There's Alt Space. There's Rec Room. Um, but this you like hang out with your buddies in a, like a virtual space, like a, a 360 panorama photo or whatever. And you can do a, little activities together. But the thing that's most interesting to me is that you can video chat with the real world from the virtual world. Like there's also like a selfie stick. So like this idea, this it's a really weird mix of, of virtual and real that I like really hadn't thought of before I saw their original demo. And so that exists now. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to check that. I haven't, I haven't played with it yet, but just this idea of videoing a real person and they, and then you can show them your virtual world. I mean, it's really something I'd kind of want for almost any VR game because VR is so isolating and maybe you could have, I mean, typically you have headphones on too. So like, even if there are people in the room watching what's on the monitor, if there is anything on the monitor, like it's still really hard to communicate. So like this idea of like video chatting someone into VR and showing them what you're doing, that's pretty exciting to me. Doesn't it just feel like Facebook's end goal here is to make us all brains and vats? Yes. Well, the the end goal is is mind (laughs) control as detailed (laughs) by the Dredge Report's write-up of the other stuff uh, they announced. So they've got um, like a cool new Skunk Works division and they are doing mind reading and hearing without... With your skin. Hearing with skin. Yes. Yeah, but but this is led by Regina Dugan who actually is like notable. She was at Google before. She like ran DARPA. She's a big deal. Yeah. Right, so this they hired her to do the crazy stuff, and this is some of the crazy stuff, or is it real? She says this, this isn't just cocktail conversation. This is real. They are really doing this. Uh, where, where was this thing? One day, not so far away, it may be possible for me to think in Mandarin and for you to feel it instantly in Spanish, Dugan said. They have a prototype of that, of the skin one. The skin Where you hear your with your skin? Yeah. How do you hear with your skin? Basically, it's at least from what I understand, it's like you wouldn't be able to speak full, have a full on conversation. But it would be more for like a few words. Like you, like right now, they can understand a couple colors and shapes. So it would be more like probably if I said hello in Mandarin, maybe it knows to listen for that, and it can say hello on your skin with a vibration, and you get used to those vibrations. No, like that tell you it's hello. Yeah, the sensor is is what? like is like the inside of your ear, but then it outputs it as vibrations on your skin that you can like learn to hear. Quote unquote. What is Facebook's? It's like I I understand what Facebook is doing with VR, right? They're trying to draw you further into their platforms. Mm. I'm sure they're gonna you know stick advertising in the virtual realms that you live in. Um, Zuckerberg keeps saying things like, "Why would you buy an expensive TV when you can buy a TV for a dollar in VR?" <laughs> I love that quote. That's because uh, Ashley has a very anti-TV agenda. I just thought it was funny. Every gadget makers <laughs> were like, dude, stop. <laughs> well, there's like actually a lot of reasons that you would want – you wouldn't want – this is what I mean about brains and vats, right? Like his his whole thing is to blur the line between our reality, the Facebook reality, 
and then the completely controlled virtual Facebook reality. Uh, the building eight stuff is really neat, right? The let's how do we augment the human body? That's that's been Dugan's focus for a long time. I think mm-hmm. it's fascinating, but you connect it back to what they're trying to do with VR, where they're trying to say like regular life is bad, but if you are just an avatar in the Facebook world, we can make everything cheaper and better. Well, so there's that, but there's also AR, which. Yeah now is the hot thing that everybody talks about because we love our trends. <laughs> so they, they announced like a platform for developers that can make AR apps kind of using Facebook's AR technology and Facebook's trying to put its camera everywhere. But that's actually really cool because like with Snapchat, which they've obviously worked on these AR lenses, like that launched this week too, Neelai. Like Snapchat developed these AR lenses that are super awesome. You can superimpose a rainbow far off in the distance or in the room with you and you can walk around the rainbow and it's like it's in the room but it's not open source so Mm -hmm. it's like snapchat's technology and the fact that facebook is opening that up to people that they can now make those lenses is actually i think a major advantage yeah like i i have learned enough in like game development stuff now that like it's very easy to take a 3d it's pretty easy to make a 3d model and it's pretty easy to animate it it's pretty easy to add like interactivity to it and stuff like that if you could do that using something like unreal engine or uh, unity and then it's like facebook's like hey you want that to be in our camera app now like Absolutely. Like I, you just make a weird toy that sits on your desk and you look at it through your phone. Like, I mean, I'm definitely think like the next great Tamagotchi is it Tamagotchi or Tamagotchi. I say Tamagotchi. The next great Tamagotchi. But Dan also says buttons, but, but it's buttons, <laughs> buttons, <laughs> button. Uh, uh, a button. I think AR, what? and this is something I brought up a million times in this podcast, but I'm just going to do it again. Cause the AR is hot. Everybody AR, has, AR is so hot right now. Everybody has to read. Rainbow's End by Werner Vinge, where he just fully explores a world where you have basically contact lenses in and a brain interface, which is the other thing that you know Facebook is working on, like a brain click, like being able to detect brain decisions to do on off, like real simple things initially, or like to dismiss a, a notification that's clouding your <laughs> AR vision, I'm sure. Um yeah, there's a there's a guilt flash sale, and you want to get back to to AR, so you got to click it. But Rainbow's End, they have these, you know, it's basically completely augmenting their vision, and just every the whole world is touched by this augmented reality, and it's just so fascinating, and there's so much that's possible with it, and it's there's a lot of it that we're we're very very close to, and it's all going to be kind of developed on our phones in our camera apps now with Samsung, Facebook, Snapchat, and presumably Apple. Um, and then at some point, it's going to be in our eyeballs, and it's going to be great. And if I chose to see Ashley as not just a woman wearing a red sweater, but a tomato, just a very, <laughs> just a very large tomato, great. I'm wow. sure there will be an app for that. I mean, I'm excited about AR. Like, like what, if, what if you could just see all those Snapchat rainbows right now? Just through oh, your I love glasses? it. I'm really pumped about AR. Like, and I like that, unlike VR, obviously, where you're closed off, you said it's an isolating experience. Mm-hmm. AR, you're still in the world. Although you might be in an empty room looking at a bunch of stuff and not even realize it. Well, if, yeah, if you buy that, <laughs> if you buy that $1 <laughs> AR TV, 
instead of the VR TV, mm-hmm. maybe you spend, spend $2 for the AR TV. <laughs> and then your buddy has AR glasses too. You can watch, you can watch AR TV together, but actually but be able to see each other for real. Yeah. This is this is a Black Mirror episode, right? No, uh, just, that's the Black the thing. Mirror episode is what's happening now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's called it's Silicon it. Valley. Is it, it, it's it's a loop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's actually like, why would you ever buy a VR TV? Like, just like if you dive into that concept, the reason you buy a new TV is the physical properties of the TV are improved, right? Mm-hmm. So it's no, a I'm bigger joking. screen. You wouldn't you wouldn't buy a VR TV. But that's but that keeps coming up. It's not the first time Zuckerberg has brought it up, right? But the reason you buy new physical things is because the physical things are improved. I could imagine a, a, a very vibrant economy for buying digital objects because well, I mean, those already it, exist, right? They're, are, they're in games all over the place. Yeah, yeah. The the some of the biggest. I mean, the Second Life obviously is like the classic example, but Valve makes most of his money, as as far as I can tell, offering decorative items, including hats and character skins and uh, 3D models of guns um, on Steam. And people buy them, they resell them, they buy these like loot box type things to like basically gamble on whether or not they'll get a valuable gun pack. They literally gamble. There's 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 match fixing scandals in the Counter Strike world because <laughs> these these p- people are basically betting their high value three you know, digital objects and you know, people throw games to it's 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 really wild and really exists and and I, if someone made like a really cute or clever three D object that I could add to my like virtual space that I like to hang out in. You know, I could imagine, but that would require a very like one kind of big unified platform or some sort of open platform, which is kind of harder to imagine with the sort of companies that are are working on this right now. Right. Especially because they're all making money. They're trying to all give it away for free to monetize it with ads. And I think that's the, that's sort of the looming dark specter of what anything Facebook does. The context for F8 and all of this incredible future thinking, to me, I thought was fascinating because Casey on Sunday published a big piece looking at instant articles two years in. They launched instant articles on Facebook with a huge amount of fanfare. There was like doom and gloom. Two years later, you know, we're on it. Circuit Breaker's on it. Um, but it's not great and no one likes it. And it hasn't done anything for us except turn some page views into instant article page views. Facebook Live um, another massive product launch for them. And literally, you know, there was a murder on Facebook Live right before F8 and Zuckerberg addressed it by being like, we're very sorry. Now on to the next thing. And it's uh, the amount of thought they put into what these products should be and what Facebook is now versus what they want the products to be and what they want Facebook to be. There is some kind of disconnect there that I think is, it, it, it's, it's just very troubling that Facebook as a company isn't, they don't think about what the people actually do with the products. They think about what they want the people to do with the products. And I, I don't think they've designed around that stuff very well. So, like, all the VR – like, the the videos of the VR chat app are, like, hilarious, right? Because it's a bunch of people being like, hey, another person's calling me. And they're like, we threw you a party. And then they're like, I'm hanging up on you. And they're like, no, I'm in an office. We're taking a selfie. And it's like 
Have you thought about how people might actually act in this thing? Have you have you looked at it? Are you worried about what they actually might do? Have you thought about the privacy settings you'll need if you can post to Facebook with your brain without thinking? Like that's the stuff I want to I want to see Facebook talk about more in public because they they're just doing a bad job with the products they already have, let alone the you can think it and post it to Facebook interface that they might be building somewhere secret. I mean, what's what's the biggest update to like Facebook's core pro- uh, the thing I'm thinking of is is the reaction like instead of just like that you can be Well, they did stories. Yeah, they did st- but no, uh, have any of you seen stories in your main Facebook app? I just Instagram tweeted yesterday how empty my stories thing yeah. is. I haven't seen stories. I don't use the Facebook app. <laughs> Uh, actually, Ashley, do you want to tell me, is, is any of this, I know like you like Snapchat, you're a big fan of the filters. Has Facebook just relentlessly cloned Snapchat? Does any of that change the equation for you? No, because I think Snapchat and Facebook are just different companies. And I think that like it's obvious that Facebook is worried about Snapchat. And maybe it's because of Snapchat's audience, like the, the coveted teens or something. I don't fully understand <laughs> why they're so worried about Snapchat. But, I feel bad for the uncoveted teens. <laughs> yeah, the ones there. who aren't on Snapchat. <laughs> um, but I'm sorry, Facebook's not cool. Like, Whoa. they're n- it's not. And as much as they're going to build out their lenses and open it up to developers, like, one really cool thing, I know Addy wrote a little piece about this, and then I covered the news a while ago, is um, I believe it's a live, Facebook Live, they're doing, like, makeup overlays in AR, which is really interesting to me on Facebook. And that's so cool that that exists. But, like, I don't know. It just doesn't change the game for me because, like you mentioned earlier with sharing, I don't go on Facebook. So I'm not going to use those lenses. It's just yeah. it's just what it is. And I don't think, I think the teens are on Facebook either. What about Instagram? Instagram, well, it's just a, such a different platform. Like, I don't think the lenses and stuff apply to Insta. But, but what do they do? But Instagram is Facebook. Right. So, like, if I were Snapchat, I would be much more worried about Facebook than the other way around. Because, like, the but reality you... is, and, and credit to this, to, to Farhad's column in the New York Times this week or last week, uh, n- Facebook has the network. And, yeah, there may be younger people that are not using it as much anymore. But in aggregate, Facebook's network dominates. Like, when you take how many people are on WhatsApp, how many people are using Facebook Messenger, how many people are using Instagram, and how many using are using Facebook in general, Facebook can t- whole hard, whole, uh, wholesale steal Snapchat's features, which it's done, and just put them on each one of those networks and have a billion users instantly using those features or exposed to those features. And, like, Snapchat just can't play at that scale at all, and it'll never will. Like, it's never going to reach that scale because... Facebook can just like take it what it's doing, and then it like neuters what's interesting but about fa- Snapchat. I I do think it's interesting that you say like Facebook will never be cool, and there's is something about that Snapchat has been so pioneering in this stuff, and it is being copied by everybody. But there and there's a but there's a point where it's like like if if one one company makes a thin laptop and the other company makes like a thinner laptop, like you, it's like well you're the winner now you have the thinner laptop. Yeah, I mean frequently. But but if you copy something like these Snapchat filters, you kind of do look lame. But but in, <laughs> yeah. in, in the history of Silicon Valley and technology, the guy that was first or the 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 group that was first doesn't always win. 
You know, I, like Apple's done this and dominated all of these markets by not being first to the MP3 player, not being the first smartphone, not being the first tablet. It is who can take this idea that maybe somebody else came up with and apply it better or bring it to a wider audience or improve upon it in some way. And like that's what wins in the long run. Yeah, but Apple uh, did the iPod before Microsoft did the Zune. <laughs> <laughs> and is is Facebook putting filters? Are they being the Zune? No, the Snapchat's iPod. There's a lot of Zune people who are going to really, really, really take umbrage with this. <laughs> like the people who love the Zune, love the Zune. Yeah, it did, it did like, wonders for anybody, preserving the Zune's business. I don't think anybody loves Facebook like people love the Zune. And you should put that on my headstone. That's the last <laughs> quote. That's the only like. That's the problem. No one loves Facebook. Yeah. People right? in like, developing I don't countries, I think, love Facebook. Maybe. Facebook like, is like like the, the phone book. No, but like uh, I don't think Google is cool, right? I think Google is wonderful. Google's cooler I, than Facebook. And I think it's uh, – I, I, I think so, really? yeah. I, you know, I, I think people think of Google as a tool. I mean, I, that's what I, my assumption is. Uh, it's my not my point cool is that people cool love Google, right? And like – that can change your perception of how cool you think it is. Mm. But people truly, deeply love Google and the products it creates. Uh, Apple, I think people love Apple to death. They think it's the coolest. There are people who love Microsoft. There are people who love Snapchat. There are people who love Instagram. I don't know anybody who sits around who loves Facebook. Well, and there, the little indications of it are all over the place, right? Like it, when we cover a big Microsoft event, our audience – like floods our site with traffic. There's tons of interest in it. I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to have strong opinions about the conversation we had about Samsung earlier. Um, but when we cover F8, it's like we ha we do it because it's a huge, important, influential company. But the amount of interest is low because people just I, they don't love it. They're not. I, th I think I think that speaks more to our audience than anything else because there's like giant swaths of the population that do love Facebook and like are on it all if the time. If you love Facebook, tweet at Dan Seifert. Yeah. It's not going to be Vergecast right. listeners. It's That's true. true. It's true. I think like, it's developing you know, countries and you, There's, there's, there's two social networks that my wife uses, Facebook and Instagram. And yeah. that's it. She doesn't use Twitter. <laughs> she doesn't use Facebook. But does she uh, love stuff. Facebook? She, I, you know, it's the one that she spends all of her time on. It's where she connects with all of her friends and family. My wife is a Facebook marketplace ninja. She is the reason that your wait, Facebook wait, 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 app wait, wait, wait. has a marketplace tab on it because she's the only human that uses it. But she sells things <laughs> so on it like she just buy and crazy. sell things from herself? What she, is she, Well, she sells things like ridiculously on, on marketplace like all, the, all day long, all the time. And like huh. she uses Facebook all the time. She doesn't use Facebook stories and she doesn't use a lot of the like other maybe all the features. But she's in Facebook all the time. And there's a yeah. lot of people that are like that, that the, are in Facebook the, all the time. But I use Twitter all the time. I Do don't you love Twitter? Thinking. Like, I no. hate Twitter, and I'm in Twitter all the time. That's what I'm saying. I don't I Yeah, don't but you find... don't use Periscope all the time. Like, Facebook is trying to get you to do different features, and you're just saying your wife doesn't do those features. She doesn't like, do she all likes of them, but she the does some of them. native Facebook. She likes, she, well, she, she uses, the way she experiences Facebook is on her phone, so it's always the mobile app. And she uses some of those features, like. But I don't. What I'm saying, marketplace no, no, no. what I'm saying is using it. Like I use Facebook too. I'm not in love with Facebook, right? Like, I, I I think the perception of Facebook is ultimately one of distrust, and people use it, but there are never like massive social campaigns of like 
chain letters like, dear Facebook, I do not give you my copyrights. Like other companies don't fake face that stuff because that level of distrust isn't because there. there's also that also speaks to how dominant Facebook is among everyday people, right? Like it is the most used service. And, you know, the, the, then you have things like silly chain letters saying, you know, if you post this status, Facebook won't take your identity or whatever it is. Because yeah. it's not it's not enthusiasts and tech nerds and whatever that are using it. It is everyone. I'm curious. I don't think we have the four of us anecdotally. I don't think we can talk about whether or not people love Facebook the way they love Apple and Google and Microsoft and Amazon. Like, it's just so clear to me that people love a company like Amazon. Like, they love people love Amazon. I love Amazon. Right. It's like I I I want their bets to succeed because their bets traditionally have like brought more value to me as a consumer, somebody who spends money with them. When Facebook does new stuff, I often find myself wondering how, like, how is this going to be bad, right? Like, how how will this negatively impact me? And that that switch, I think, needs to get flipped for them to continue to succeed with some of these big important bets. And I would actually, I'm very curious, like, the people listening, if you love Facebook or you know people who, l- who truly love Facebook in the way that. If we had an argument about iOS versus Android, different different than than obsessed obsessed or use it a lot, but like love the company. I'm I'm just curious. Like Facebook fanboys, stand up, stand up. (laughs) Just to make this like just very obvious comparison, when we criticize Apple, like there's a and it's our audience. I, I understand all the caveats, but there's a group of people who always respond with. Tim Cook knows what he's doing or Johnny Ive knows what he's doing and there's a plan and they trust and believe and they they passionately want that plan to succeed. I don't – like the Zuck knows what he's doing apart from wants to dominate the world. That part isn't there. And I'm, I'm curious. Again, if you're listening, I would tweet at me. You can tweet at Dan, tweet at Paul, you can tweet at Ashley. Just communicate with us uh, and let us know because I'm, I'm very curious. Okay, on that note, I'm going to read another quick ad and then we've got a little – little lightning round to get to you and we can wrap up. This episode of Vergecast also brought to you by GraphicStock. GraphicStock has the largest unlimited download library of graphics, photos, vectors, and illustrations with more than 350,000 images and growing. This month, GraphicStock is also launching a new collection featuring thousands of futuristic and dream-inspired images. They now all come included with your subscription. And don't forget, the downloads are yours forever, even after your trial ends, and they're all 100% royalty-free. We're giving away seven days of GraphicStock so you can try it out and explore this new collection for free. So go to graphicstock.com slash vergecast and start downloading and get started today. That's graphicstock.com slash vergecast for a free seven-day trial. Okay, so Paul, mm-hmm. every week, yeah. you With, do a thing. Without a seven, fail. Without fail. You've never screwed it up. And it's Other always, people, always been called. One day, not so far away, it may be possible for me to think in Mandarin and for you to feel instantly in Spanish. Oh, my God. You can't use the thing we've already talked about. Can't I? I don't know. I don't know if this thing has rules. I just think it's <laughs> no rules. It's just the best line. It's like two <laughs> sci-fis at once. Is there a real gadget? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, it's called Nops. I'm not really okay. sure how to say it. K N O P S. They're earplugs that are adjustable. So like they're like for like going to a loud concert, right? You want to get earplugs um, so that you don't go deaf. And but the so these are earplugs f- for that purpose. 
but they're adjustable. Like they're like these rings and you can like twist them to like adjust how much audio you want going in. But check this out. You'll never believe it. There's no app. They're not smart. There's no electronics. You don't have to charge them. They're just like these yeah. dumb little earplugs with the little twisty knobs. And uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Are these real? These Kickstarter? It's What's Kickstarter. the story? Not real. Of course. <laughs> Didn't we just cover like a Kickstarter that scammed people out of $9 million? Yep. I just wrote about it. And I can't What's remember the, the name of it. Plast- oh, plastic. Plast- a P-L-A-S-T-C. Was this one of those credit card Kickstarters yeah, I was trying like to combine your card. Co- yeah. How many times are they going to try and make fetch happen with this? Because like, well, it's oh, an old Dan. It's an old. That's the end of the Vergecast, everybody. <laughs> We're going to let Dan go and think about what he's done. <laughs> mean Girls references are always accepted here, Dan. But at thank least you, with Ashley. me. I Here's, I would say the threat. You got to go deep cuts on Mean Girls now. It's true. <laughs> like she doesn't even go here. Yeah. Oh. See, that's a good one. <laughs> Ashley with one. Okay. Plastic. Yeah. No. What happened? Well, so it actually wasn't a crowdfunding campaign. They just accepted pre-orders. This was back in 2014. The Verge covered this card. I wasn't here, but apparently there was a big boom in this idea. It's of, like Coin yeah. and a few other startups that have tried to do this idea. Yeah, physical cards that hold your credit card numbers, multiple cards. Right. And so this happened in 2014. They earned more than $9 million in money for pre-orders. It's been three years. Today, the company announced that it's filing for bankruptcy it laid off all their employees. They're closing their social media channels and their customer care <laughs> line. So That's don't try brutal. calling or emailing I mean, them because no one's answering. Full slash and burn. Yeah. Do they yeah. never ship anything? And they will not be shipping anything. And nothing has shipped. Does it look like they were working really hard and they just failed? Or um, did- In their post, which they have like a, what happened? part um (laughs) they said we were looking for funding in february of like three million dollars and it fell through and then we were looking for funding you know a few weeks later for six million dollars and it fell through so sorry yeah startups yeah this it's just this idea of trying to fix credit cards by putting them into one device has been tried so many times and there was just one that we reported on like maybe a month ago that someone was trying to do it again and I just don't know why they won't let this idea go away. I think it's because people keep insisting on using those phone cases that are also wallets, which I completely don't understand. I, I have no but, problem with those. Yeah, I'm kind of curious <laughs> to try I, one, if I'm being honest. Well, I just don't, I like, like the idea of constantly bringing my credit cards out and then like handling them as much as I use my phone terrifies me. But it feels like if I just had the one card, I would be okay with I wouldn't have I wouldn't lose everything. That's my um, unless you lost that one card, and then you would have lost everything, literally. Well, do yeah. you pay with your phone? I love paying with my phone. Uh, I have found Apple Pay has been way wonkier lately than it was when it first came out, and I, I think it has to do with how they remapped the home button to unlock the phone. So when it first came out, there was still slide to unlock, so t- you would just pick up the phone and like hold it to the thing and and put your thumb on the sensor and it would like pay and now there's like a number of things that might happen and i think i'm just i'm probably just doing it wrong but i found that apple pay is way wonkier for me because of that home button remap and i'm doing it less even though i want to do it all the time yeah Yeah. it's a it's a look my life is very complicated it's full of (laughs) huge problems i i I don't use i mean the the whole switch the chip has caused me so much social anxiety like the idea of presenting my phone on the off chance they'll be able to pay with it, 
but half of the time I won't be able to, and I'll have to have more awkward conversations and misunderstandings <laughs> and I'll like mumble something and you are just saving you money. Paul. There's nothing more awkward than trying to pay with your watch and it failing. Because at the, <laughs> like, first, they're this. like, wait, what are you doing? Look and then, this asshole and then it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Okay, what else happened this week? Any lightning round notes? I hear there's a new SNES classic that uh, oh, Nintendo yes. might do. That's SNES for the <laughs> SNES. Room. I like saying SNES. Well, room the rumor room. the rumor is that uh, Nintendo is going to bring one out for the holiday season, much like they did with the NES classic. Uh, and I'm just like looking at this and I'm like, oh, so this is a game that Nintendo is going to play every year from here on out. They're going to tease us with these classic things to stoke nostalgia, produce maybe four of them, put them on the market and then <laughs> remove them from the market done. <laughs> until the next one. I yeah. look forward to, to buying the uh, Switch classic in four years. Oh, my God. It's all <laughs> happening. Uh, any other crazy gadget news? Can you wrap this thing up? Intel released its 3D X point SSD memory, <laughs> just basically the future. It's basically yeah. between RAM and NAND, you got 3D X point. And I'm very excited. We need to build a PC. Absolutely. Let's do it. I'll do Let's it. just, the next episode of the podcast, just us, just like Foley effects of us building a PC, <laughs> like <laughs> quietly swearing and screwing things together. Oh, I got the thermal someone paste all over. Someone will definitely get cut. Or, yeah. or get thermal paste in their eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, also, Slack launched officially the statuses, which I'm very excited about. It's yeah. like an away yeah. message. I love it. It is like an away message. It's just not very – I've had it all week. So I, I'm I like, would like should... to say that it took uh, Verge staff all of 30 seconds to abuse the Slack away yeah, message. We got yelled we had at. Email. Yeah, we got in you trouble. Got we got in trouble for having too much fun with our yeah. status messages. This is what happens when I'm not around. No yeah. fun <laughs> we need the pro-fun police. <laughs> The police, gotta, that, the police that require you to have a lot of fun. <laughs> the thing I've noticed about the Slack thing is everyone can use different emoji to signal the same things. So they, they've quickly come to mean nothing in my mind. That's that's the problem. That's what that's essentially the issue is is because everyone wants to stick emoji next to their name. So now if you like you can't quickly glance at the list to see what the status is. You have to hover over everyone's name to read their little status message. We just want attention. Give us attention, Dan. <laughs> Look at this picture. What does it mean? <laughs> Figure it out. Like I'm, I'm looking at one of our, 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 our wonderful esteemed editors, and he has a bug with a leaf next to his name, and I have no idea what that means. <laughs> our copy editor um, is Jigglypuff. Uh, it means she's go. she's out. Yeah, that's what that means. Okay, that's it. Sorry, I was I like scrolling through to make sure we didn't miss anything, but we we actually talked about the thing I was just going to bring up. So that's it. I'll be back next week. I'll know what's going on in the world of technology. I won't be lost in the woods. These beautiful people will be back. You'll be back. In the meantime, there's plenty of other stuff to listen to. We have just a handful of Control-Alt-Deletes left before Walt retires, so I encourage you to listen to those. Uh, Walt and I talked about the S8 a bunch on his show. Uh, Lauren Good hosts Too Embarrassed to Ask, which is wonderful. Uh, Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. Uh, and Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media, which, if you are a media nerd, is uh, almost a required listen. Uh, other than that, you can contact us on Twitter. I'm at Reckless. Paul is at Future Paul. Dan is DC Seifert. Correct. Yes. Ashley is Ashley R. Carmen. Yeah. Do it. Tell us if you love Facebook or not. I'm 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 actually dying to know the answer to that question. And we'll be back next week. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul. 
it all happened.